Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Monday. Where? Where? Monday, October 24, the year of our Lord, 2022. No, I'm Edwin. I'm Edwin. <laughs> You're not Monday? I'm not Monday. You're Andrew. I'm Edwin. And it's Monday. But it is Monday. Very good. A new week. A new week. A, a new, new psalm. psalm. Yeah. Psalm 61. Mm-hmm. We're just clicking through these psalms. It is happening. It is happening. I do think these psalms kind of go together. I think what we studied last week in Psalm 60 uh, leads us into Psalm 61. I'm glad for that. I, you know, and what I like about Psalm 61 is, well, I do not disagree that there's some overlapping content. I just feel like there's a different tone in this psalm. I think it's yes. a lot more about praising God and worshiping Him. And we've just been weeks and weeks in all kind of awful trials and singing about those things. So I think that's why it's important to recognize the overlap, because it's like we're looking at similar things from different angles. Mm-hmm. And so in the last one, it started in, in Psalm 60, it started with a lot of the um, almost despair. Wait, well, yeah. what's going You've on? But it, does, but it does get down to the, <laughs> but we're going to rely and trust in you. And then in this one, there's a whole lot more of the confidence, a whole lot mm-hmm. more of the, I know you're going to hear me. Uh, but but there are some overlapping similarities in how these Psalms work that I hope as we talk, we're, we'll uncover. Great. So I'm going to read Psalm 61 from the English Standard Version. To the choir master with stringed instruments of David. Hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Prolong the life of the king. May his years endure to all generations. May he be enthroned forever before God. Appoint steadfast love and faithfulness to watch over him. So will I ever sing praises to your name as I perform my vows day after day. One of the things I see in this reading is an emphasis upon these vows that uh, in these votive worship, or I guess votive sacrifices, he is dedicated to praising God and worshiping God. And here's a song of praise about praise. Here's something to pray about prayer. One of the commentators that I read actually believe that this is a psalm designed for pilgrimage. Mm, this is a psalm designed that. for taking the trip to. It's not in the song of ascents. We all we most of us consider the songs of ascents pilgrimage songs yeah. because they are ascending up to Jerusalem. Right. We'll get to those later. And yet, uh, one author sees this idea that this is someone who has come from the end of the land mm-hmm. and is heading to the place where he'll be able to offer his votive sacrifices. Yeah. I think that's an interesting uh, point. I, I don't think that the song itself was designed for that, but I certainly see why it can be used that way. Oh, it fits that uh, real as, well. As yeah. David offers this plea and this prayer and does end in that place of, I am going to be making these offerings again and again and again, uh, serving the Lord. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. I want to spend some time this week. I know on Friday we're, we're going to do what we always do. On Friday we'll find Jesus in this psalm. But but for most of the week, I, I've, I've 
I'd like for us to talk some about prayer itself yeah, from sure. this psalm. You cool with that? Mm-hmm. So today, what I, just what what came to my mind initially was just where this starts. Hear my cry, O God! Listen to my prayer. Mm-hmm. The 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 God who hears, mm-hmm. the one to whom we are praying. This psalm is just replete with pictures of the God to whom we pray. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. In verse five, for you, O God, have heard my vows. You've given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Uh, Here we see that this is the God who hears. This is Mm -hmm. the God who lets us take refuge under the shelter of his wings, who lets us dwell in his house and his tent. He's the strong tower. He's the refuge. Again, all of these pictures of the God to whom we pray, which ties back to Psalm 60. Remember in Psalm 60, we talked about the signal banner. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the week, we recognize, well, that that makes us think of Jesus. Yeah. As we flee to that banner, as we find safety in that banner, as we find refuge around that banner that God has set up, here in Psalm 61, we really see that concept of the safe banner, the place where we can flee, where we can go to find refuge in those difficult times. And, and even in good times, we can go to find refuge in God. So here is the God to whom we pray, the refuge, the rock, the strong and mighty tower, even against the enemy. Yeah, it's great to think that God hears us. Um, you know, it's it's... I see maybe two different positions, I guess, of faith about prayer, even in those two verses that you've read to us. In verse 1, he's crying out, Hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. You know, it's, I guess that's addressing God in prayer. Mm-hmm. But then in verse 5, O God, you have heard my vows. I know there's times past that you have heard my prayers. Um, you know, so, so is all this just one prayer, um, you know, to God? Or is this really kind of a journey of how I work through prayer, Mm. that there are times when I trust the Lord has heard my vows, and I feel good about that. You know, I feel close to God, but there's other times I'm wondering if he's listening at all, Mm. and so I'm begging him to hear my prayers. I noticed as I was studying this that uh, commenters, scholars seem to have two different approaches to how to organize and how they view the structure of this psalm. Some see the structure around the Silah in verse 4. And bringing up what you said, it starts with hear my cry. And in verse five, we have you have heard. Okay. And so they they see this kind of two segments. The one is the plea to hear. And then the second one is the you have heard. Mm -hmm. But another one, and I have to admit this other one is the one I kind of lean on, is that we we have no idea what Salah means. In so many Psalms, it gets placed in these weird places. So it's, it's kind of tough to find one where it kind of fits where we like it to fit and say, oh, this demonstrates structure. Maybe, maybe, but we, we struggle with that. But what we what I also notice is maybe three prayers. Hmm. Now, that doesn't take away Jeez. from the point of what you bring up between one and five, that sometimes it's hear my cry and sometimes it's I you, know you have. Do you see verse eight as a third prayer? Or where, where do you see the he, third prayer? Here it is. Watch this. So verses one through three. The request, verses 1 and 2, Hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you, when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And in verse 3 is the motivation for this prayer. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Hmm. So here's the request, and here's the reason I'm asking it. I'm asking you to listen. I'm asking you to lead me to the rock because you have been my refuge. 
Go ahead. Sorry. Then the second Finish one, beginning in verse 4, let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. Verse 5 becomes the motivation. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You've given me the heritage of those who fear your name. So second request, get me to your tent. Let me dwell under the refuge of your wings. And here, again, probably not just a picture of the mother hen, but probably as it's tied to the tent, a picture of being there at the mercy seat. The tabernacle. Where you've got the cherubim and their mm. wings stretching across. But he says, I'm going to offer this request because you have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage. And then finally, we get to the third request. And I think this approach makes sense of this third request. Everyone else that looks at this seems to think that verses six and seven, it just comes out of the blue. This request for the king, just where on earth does that come from? But when I see it as three requests, prolong the life of the king becomes the third request. Prolong the Ah. life of the king. May his years endure to all generations. May he be enthroned forever before God. Appoint steadfast love and faithfulness to watch over him. And now we've got the motivation. Rather than the term for, it is then. So I will ever sing praises to your name as I perform my vows day after day. So here are these three requests, and then they're followed up, each of them, by the motivation for Mm. the request. Two of them are things about the past, and then the final one is because this will allow me to do this other thing. This will allow me to keep the vows and keep vowing to you and keep praying. What an interesting model for prayer to incorporate the word because. You know, I was thinking about public prayers that I hear and even my own prayer life. I don't hear a whole lot of because in prayers. Do Uh, this, do this, do this. Yeah, I, you know, we say please. <laughs> we 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 ask, and I and I hear if it be your will, and I think that brethren and and the people I hear pray do a lot, you know, better about that. We try to be humble and say, "Let Thy will be done," and we trust in Your will and so forth. But to say because. I'm asking for this because of who you are. I'm asking this because of what you said. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we have kind of a, a view of prayer that it, it just needs to be so intimate or so heartfelt that we don't have to explain things. We can just, you know, we can just pray. Or give the, the basis or the motivation. Yeah. Uh, I think that's important. You know, I do, I would like to dig into that Um I'm, I'm hoping that later in the week we might be able to even talk about the courage to pray, what gives mm. us the confidence. And I think that'll dig into this point you've made. But I certainly think that, uh, and I'm sure I'll repeat this when we get to that conversation, that we have a tendency, because we tend to think the first lesson in prayer is cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Yeah, We think the only because is, well, I care about this, and God cares about me, so I'm going to put this before him. And I think that passage is a fantastic lesson on prayer. I just don't think it's the first one. When we make cast your cares upon him because he cares for you, the first lesson, the only because we have to think about is, well, what do I care about? I think sometimes we do need to think about, but why do I care about it? Hmm. Why has this become important to me? And I think that's going to to factor into some of this because language. We we just tend to think the because is understood. I mean, I've asked for this because I care about it. And I'm bringing this up because I care about it. We don't need to state because. There it is. But when we take a look at prayer as Jesus taught it, putting the kingdom first, putting God's glory first, I think we find now we need to be asking, well, why do I care about this? Which gets us back to the God who hears. To whom am I praying? We hear of him as a tower, a fortress, a refuge. One of the big things, and we see this in the Psalms over and over again, this isn't going to be new, but notice the name at the end of verse 5. You have given me the heritage of those who fear 
your name. And then in verse 8, so I will ever sing praises to your name as I perform my vows day after day. In this psalm, notice what he said back in verse 2, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. All right, now we didn't talk about this before the mics were on, so let's just, let me just throw this out. I'm going to ask you a question. When you hear, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, and you consider Old Testament history and events with God's people, is there a time that you think of or an event with someone where, oh, God led him to a rock that was higher than him and gave him safety and protected him? I got to tell you, when I think the rock, I think about uh, Moses striking the rock to bring forth water to save the people. Okay. I think about the rock of Christ. Okay. So which rock did you have in mind? Well, when we're talking about a person <laughs> who is praying, uh-huh. who is led to a rock, who is placed on a high rock and put in the cleft of the rock, oh, you're where thinking God about responds Moses to when a goes prayer. Up on Mount Sinai? Yeah. What, what we find there in Exodus chapter 34 is that Moses made a request to get to know God. Mm-hmm. Let me see your glory. And what God says is, I will lift you up on the rock. I will pass before you. I'm going to cover you there with my hand. I'm going to protect you. I'm, I'm going to lead you to this rock that is higher than I. He made it a refuge for him. And there he gave the name of God in Exodus 34, 6 and 7, where he highlights God, Yahweh, Yahweh, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin to the thousandth generation, but who will by no means clear the guilty, but will bring the iniquity of the Father on the children, the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Notice we've got the rock, as we had with Moses. We've got in verse 5, this is the heritage of those who fear your name. And then verse 7, may he be enthroned forever before God, appoint steadfast love and faithfulness to watch over him, so will I ever sing praises to your name. Well, why why would putting steadfast love and faithfulness over him cause him to sing praises to his name? Because steadfast love and faithfulness is the name of Yahweh, according to Exodus 34, verses 6 and 7. So here we have, this is the God who hears us, merciful, gracious, slow to anger, loyal love, abounding in faithfulness, forgiving, but not clearing the guilty, And David prays this prayer because that is the God he knows, and that's the God he believes in. So in our prayer, we learn better who God is. Yes. We're so glad that you've joined us today for Psalm 61. I invite you to send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, or jump over to the Facebook discussion talking about the paths of righteousness and what do you find to praise God about today as you read Psalm 61. We're going to close out with a word of prayer now. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you, Lord, for your graciousness that you incline your ear to hear our prayers. It is a humbling thought that the creator of all the universe would listen to us. And you are everywhere and you can do all things. You have a great name and you've given us a covenant in Christ. You are our great God. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. 
Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.